All right. It is recording. All right. So the first ever Wolf Mentality podcast interview, I'm doing it with my close personal friend, starting defensive lineman on the Washington Redskins, a man who lives off of eating quarterbacks, Matthew Ioannidis. Now, Matt, welcome. Are you excited? Very, very. Appreciate you having me on, man. So the first thing I need to start off with is I said Ioannidis. Now, I called you Ioannidis my entire life. So I don't know if we ever talked about this. Why the hell does everyone call you Ioannidis? Am I saying it wrong? Were you saying it wrong and you just realized it? Or are other people saying it wrong and you just don't want to correct them? No one's saying it wrong and no one's saying it right. Because the truth <laughs> is, I don't really know. <laughs> but like, actually... <laughs> Like actually, why? Like, what changed it? <laughs> uh, we got a guy who works in our building, uh, Larry Michael, and he started saying Ioannidis. He's Greek, and he just kind of took the role. And people down here have been calling me Ioannidis ever since. So, so you just assumed he knew it because he was Greek? Yeah, I, I was going <laughs> off of uh, off, <laughs> I was going off of his knowledge. I feel like an idiot because I'll be like, yeah, like my friend Matt Ioannidis. I'm like, I'm saying, I probably sound like I'm saying it wrong. So they probably think I don't actually know you. I'm like making it up. So, yeah. all right. So I'll, I'll say Ioannidis, even though it feels messed up. You do what you want to do. All right. And then the second thing I'm going to say is, I don't know when I'm going to release this interview, but you just recently got engaged. So congratulations. I'm sure Thank you're, you. I'm sure you're super, super excited. I am. I am. I am. Were She's you- freaking awesome. Um, Love her to death and can't wait. Were you more nervous to propose to Kate or before the biggest football game you've ever played in? Uh, before before Kate because, you know, there's going to be more football games. But if you do it right, you only do that one once. Were, so. you, were you worried she's going to say no? <laughs> no, you're not worried she's going to say no. I don't really know why you're ner- you're nervous, but I – shoot, man, I like pretty much blacked out. I got down to my knee and then – it was a blur for the next like minute and a half, but you know, she said yes. Uh, thank God. And was, couldn't be happier. Was there a crowd or was it private? Private. Yep. Private. Nice. I had, uh, gotten a reservation at a room at a room in a hotel in D or in a restaurant in DC. And we did it in a little private room. Nice. Cool. All right. Um, that's weird now that my friends are going to start getting engaged. I'm, I don't know if it's not going to happen to me till I'm like 50. So I'm going to be late. Um, so off season now, uh, like what are you doing now? You just kind of chilling or like, when do you start really gearing back up? Like, how does that kind of work? Like what's your normal routine? Yeah. So typically like Monday to Friday, I'm going to get up, probably sleep in a little bit and get up, go work out. Um, come home from that. We have a puppy here, uh, 15 week old St. Bernard. So come home, let him out immediately because otherwise you're going to piss the crate. (laughs) Um, And then just for the rest of the day, you know, do whatever, run errands, uh, take care of the dogs. We have another dog, a four-year-old yellow lab. Um, But it's a lot of traveling in the off season. Like I'm looking at the calendar now. I'm going to Utah to visit some friends. We're going to the Bahamas uh, we're going to Chicago at some point for Kate's college roommate's wedding. Um, 
think we might have a trip to California booked, but it's a lot of traveling that you can't do during the season that you catch up on in the off season. Right. So then when does like the official training and stuff start? Like when do you? Yeah. So phase one starts like mid April and that'll just be, you know, I think it's like a lift and meetings. Phase two is like a lift meetings and some like field work with your position coach. And then phase three is like, I think it's full on OTAs. So like you're lifting, you're meeting and you're practicing. Gotcha. All right. Uh, also for people listening who can't see, I'm currently rocking Matt's jersey and a Redskins hat. So um, this is a, not a bias interview though. I'm going to be very objective this whole time, but just so everyone's aware. Um, so you and me played, hi- played in high school together, even though I would say I was the star and I should be the one in the NFL, but it's all right. Things just didn't work out that way. <laughs> but so like, I don't even, re- I was trying to think and I don't even remember how it worked out for you from like a recruiting standpoint. Like obviously you played at Temple, so you got a scholarship offer there, but were you getting any looks from other bigger schools or like, how was that whole process? Cause I could literally couldn't even remember. I was like, I don't even know if he was debating between that and somewhere else. Yeah, it was it was kind of a weird like whirlwind process. I remember when we were juniors, we were playing in that state championship versus Piscataway, and like leading up to that game, like I started to get like these letters from like schools like Penn State and like some of these like bigger like northeastern schools. You know, and me, a sixteen year old kid, like I'm like, oh, this is crazy. And then you come to find out, like they send those letters out to like everyone and their cousins, so. I was kind of let down by that. But then uh, Temple first started recruiting me heavy. Uh, they had reached out to our our head coach, Parati, and a guy had come by the school, met with him, went down for a camp in, uh, in the spring, and they ended up offering. And then from there, like, once you get one offer, they kind of all start pouring in. Like, once you get, like – verified as a guy who's going to play D1 a lot of these schools are like they don't even really have to watch you they just like, <laughs> yeah if he wants oh they he, want him so we should get him yeah like that kind yeah of and especially like when you start battling in the conference like once I got like Temple I started getting a lot of other Mac offers and then I committed to Temple when we were juniors and then from there like I put out a senior highlight tape and then like some of these other schools started coming around again like Rutgers and Penn State Boston College but I was already committed to to temple by then so i was going to stick to my word there and stay there gotcha so then when when did you start like actually getting playing time and then start and you know you became a captain too so like when did that all happen like you started playing as a freshman right i think yeah so i committed to steve adazio who's at bc right now and i played as a true freshman but it was like practically nothing like I was getting like five or six snaps a game like spread out throughout the game or like right at the end like it was probably wasn't even worth a red shirt or wasn't worth burning my red shirt and then sophomore year when rule got there I took on more of a role junior year I got a single digit number which at temple means like one through nine are like you know the toughest on the team so I got a single digit there let's go Let's go <laughs> for junior, senior year. And, you know, that led to that led to the senior bowl, led to the combine, led to the draft, led me here. 
so you didn't start your sophomore year you played a little you did play though yeah i started like six games um yeah I, I thought you did start at least some games yeah I, started, I yeah I started like half the season we had some injuries and we had some we had some issues at, at certain points in the in the season those are long seasons man people don't understand like you know and it's not it's no one's fault but you turn on the games on saturday and it's like oh there's college football on but like that is just that's just the tip of the iceberg man like there's there's a lot that goes into those seasons and they're long yeah um so all that like this is one of the main things I want to talk about. It's a little early, but I'll get to it now. So the whole, like when you were playing and how you, you know, started some games as a sophomore, you got the sing- you got the single digit number your junior year too, right? Didn't even is that normal? Yeah. Do guys usually get it that early or? Yeah, usually. You matter? Get, if you're gonna get it, usually you'll get it like junior senior. When I was a senior, we had a kid get it as a freshman. Damn. Um, Sean Chandler, he plays for the Giants now. Really, really, really tough guy. Just works harder than shit um and he earned it as a freshman hats off to him and he obviously he obviously is going on to play at the next level um i completely forget the question (laughs) i don't even remember what the question was either but anyway so i bring all that up because this is a i have a story i don't know if you you i'm sure don't remember it but i always i always think about this so it was sometime in our senior year, you already committed to Temple. I also don't know how you're going to take this, so I'm kind of going to see how you how you respond. But so we're you just committed, to, you had committed to Temple already. We're in your car. Um, we we're like leaving the high school or whatever. I guess we had something. It was late at night, and we were just talking about like you playing uh, at Temple, and like I was kind of trying to get a feel for like oh like you know what were the expectations? Like did they say like what they thought like when you were going to play like all that kind of stuff. And I remember asking you and you kind of just like very bluntly and almost like it was just like a very obvious statement of fact. You're just like, yeah, like I'll probably get some time freshman year and I'll be starting by my sophomore year. And but like you said it very nonchalant. And I remember being like, I was just like my response. Was like, Oh, like, that's cool. Like, damn, man, that's sick. Like, that'd be awesome if that happens. But in my head, I was kind of like, whoa, like that was very like, I don't know if presumptuous is the word. Like you just like assumed like, yeah, like I'll just be starting. You even say it cocky. You just said it like very matter of fact. And I remember at the time just being like, oh, man, like, I don't know. Like, obviously, I wanted that to happen because, like, you're my friend. I want you to start your freshman year. But in my head, like, trying to be, like, a quote-unquote objective, I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know if he'll start that early. Like, really, I was like, I don't know. But, like, and I was trying to, like, think of reasons why I, like, wasn't sure that if that would actually happen. But you said it very matter-of-factly. It kind of, like, took me aback for a second. But then that pretty – literally exactly what you said was going to happen happened. So like – so, Looking back on that, bro, that is arrogant. I should – No, no. No, but but all right. So the thing is – so like the whole point you're, – you're my guinea pig. So this is going to be a terrible interview and you don't really get like the – the point of the podcast is all like – like as I've gotten older, I've gotten all into like law of attraction, like positive – you know, like just power positive thinking, all that kind of stuff. So like me getting into like believing that really helps and then thinking back to that story and then how it actually worked out like and I think a lot of people who end up being super successful in things like you kind of have to have that attitude like because even like like me like I'm your friend like we've been friends since kindergarten and obviously I'm like rooting for you but me like thinking I'm again objectively I have the air quotes it's like I come up with reasons why I I don't know if that's going to happen like even your friends and family, people who like you, people that don't like a lot of people, um, 
you know, like try to, they think they're like analyzing you and like, they'll come up with whatever reason why it won't work out. And the first person who has to believe it'll work out is yourself. And I just always like, I reflect on that. Like once I realized, damn, like everything, like what he said actually happened. I always think that's kind of sick and kind of proof in why I now like believe that that's one of the most important things. Yeah. I mean, I guess if I'm looking back, I still have to admit there's probably some like, you know, teenage hormonal arrogance there. Yeah, but you need that. You need that. You I, need I, that. I, I used to need that. Like I have that now and it's like too late. Like in sports, it helped me and I was in high school. Like I was like, so I had no confidence. Like I was like, I wish I was like that. Like I'm mad I wasn't like that. But I would say the other half of that story is that like I just trusted, like I knew how hard I was willing to work and I knew that if I could just trust myself and trust like my own work ethic that I knew like it was going to work out. The fact that I put a timeline on it, like, yeah, that's just crazy, dude. You like McGregor calling your shots, (laughs) but no, I would say, I would say like, it's like, you know, it was, but that's why half arrogance, but it was also probably like the fact that I trusted in myself. And like, I believe that I was going to get to Philly and just outwork people. Yeah, man. It it was like, it was a confidence thing. Like, cause that's what I'm saying. Like you didn't say it arrogantly. Like you were like, bro, like I'm going to start like, like you weren't saying like that. Like you just said it like. Like it was a very obvious thing. Like, I, like you read it in a textbook. Like it was weird. I, that's why I was like thrown off by it. But then it happened. So I always think that's like, like that kind of reaffirms my like belief in why, like, success starts. And like, I think anyone who's super successful is arrogant to some degree. Like you can't. Obviously, there's like a line, I guess. But I think that is like necessary because you have to truly believe in yourself and like believe in like both like your skill set and your work ethic because if you don't then like yeah. you're kind of screwed at that you, point you have to always you always got to believe in yourself so um so yeah that's like one thing that always sticks out to me and then all right so we already i have like i said i have a list of questions it's gonna be a terrible interview so i'm kind of just gonna read my list and guide us as we go so we already talked about your single digit number. I want to talk about that. So you played at Temple. You guys actually kind of turned the program around, right? Like you, your years there were kind of the best years when Temple was, you guys were on a hot streak for a few years, right? Yeah, it was, it was kind of a crazy time. Cause we went from being terrible to being really, really good in like a three year span. Um, Cause when rule got there, we went two and 10 as a sophomore and then, uh, the next year we went six and six and we got snubbed on a bowl game. You know, some, most, most schools go six and six and you go on to a bowl, but we went six and six. And then, uh, my senior year, we turned it around and we went 10 and two and we, uh, we went 10 and two. We actually lost the conference championship against Houston. And then <laughs> we also <laughs> lost our bowl game. But the fact that we had 10 wins in, during the season was pretty cool. Who did uh, you play in the bowl game, wasn't it? It was uh, – it was, was it Penn State? It was, or no, it was uh, – we played Penn State game one that year. But it was uh, it was Toledo. Was Toledo? Maybe it was Akron. I don't know. But you beat Penn State? Did you beat Penn State? We did. Yeah, we so, did. It was, so you beat Penn State and lost to Toledo? Damn, dude. <laughs> it, was a, it was a rough game. <laughs> But what do you think? What do you think was like the difference? Like what 
like was it just like the energy like was it the new coaching staff was it like new attitude on the team was it like you guys did something different like what do you think turning around man it was a lot of things i think coach rule brought a different uh it's the word i'm looking for not chemistry culture he brought a different culture to temple than i thought had been there in the past and then there was a bunch of guys on that team from my class who i thought really took the reins and Turn that thing around, Kyle Friend, uh, Tavon Young, um, Will Hayes, Tyler Matakevich, a bunch of guys. Um, and we kind of just took over the team, you know, like the team went as we went. And, you know, the young guys were really good about falling into line. And, and then the next year, you know, they went on, won 10 games and won the conference championship. So, you know, it's a credit to those guys, too. I remember I went to your game against, uh, I think it was UConn, and dude, Medikevich is a beast. That dude that dude probably had, like, 30 tackles in that game. Like, he should have, at least, if they didn't put in the stat book. He was in on every play. That kid was, that's, like, the biggest thing I remember from that game was how he was just all over the field. Like, it was a monster. Yeah, he's, he's, he still, was, he's on the Steelers, right? Yep, still the Steelers. He, uh, he was the sixth or seventh person in NCAA history to record 400 tackle seasons, four consecutive 100 tackle seasons. So Yeah, he was crazy. Her senior year, he won the Nagurski and the Benaric award. So, he was he's, you know, he's probably one of if not the most decorated uh Temple player. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um all right, so then played at Temple, went to the NFL. What do you think Especially so like Temple's not like considered a power five school. Like you played, like we said, you played Penn State. So you played some top level competition, but you know, like what, how was the jump? Like what was the biggest difference, you know, in terms of like the level of play? Like everyone always says the speed or I feel like when you're a, like a lineman, it's a little different. Like, I mean, guys, you're still worried about the speed, but I feel like you're just dealing with like much more physical, and like bigger dudes now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bit of everything. I, I personally can't pinpoint it to one thing. It, people are faster, stronger. I mean, it's a man's league. Like things are just expected of you. In college, when you get there as a freshman, they'll kind of help you along and point you in the right direction. But when you get here, you know, fall in line or, you know, as they say, shit or get off the pot. <laughs> All right. So then, so you were drafted in, I think it was at the fifth or the fourth? Fifth, right? Fifth. Yep. Fifth. Okay. So. I'm going to pull something up. I have your scouting report from NFL.com when you were going to the draft. All right, let me pull this up too so I can see what you're looking at. All right, so I'm going to read it. So this is your strengths. I don't know who wrote this either. Like, I don't know if it even says. Uh, strengths. Can match pure power with just about anyone on the field and carries almost no bad weight in his frame. Grows roots, refuses to budge. Uh, hard around the gap, can push and pull blockers, um, plays with quick reaction time, gets off blockers quickly, gets into blockers quickly, um, generally good knee bend, um, blah, 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 will occasionally show a spin move that is reasonably effective. (laughs) Uh, I'm kind of like paraphrasing now. Um, Goes on a few of your skills. Weaknesses. All right. Muscle-bound, slow-twitch player. Success may be limited to a... 
ability to win with power, is a little stiff in his lateral movement, and possesses an average burst upfield as a pass rusher. Labored effort in twist game and won't surprise offensive linemen when he comes rumbling around the corner. Can push the pocket but is not a finisher as a pass rusher and is a and his role in pass rushing situations as a pro is unclear. Slow lateral movements off snap limits his effectiveness playing in the gap and may limit him in terms of scheme. Bottom line, muscle shark who never shrinks in the face of physicality or doing the dirty work that needs to get done. Ionitis isn't a bad athlete. He's just a little bit limited due to his lack of twitch. I don't know what the hell that even means. With power and toughness to spare, he is at his best at his best as a block-eating two-gap player who can anchor against the run and who can generate decent push in the pocket when called as a pass rusher. So, first thing, this guy is totally wrong because he's questioning your pass rushing skills. Meanwhile, you're ranked by Pro Football Focus consistently as one of the most efficient pass rushers in the league. So, one, did you read this before while you were going into the draft? And two, what are your thoughts on this guy's analysis and how accurate do you think he was? God, I'd be lying if I said I didn't read that. I love, <laughs> I love the fact that you emphasize rumbling around the corner. <laughs> You're just like a fat bowling ball. That still hurts to this day. God. <laughs> uh, the only thing he should have said is, yeah, he's a terrible athlete, but he works hard and like he's a typical white lineman. It's like, you might have just said that and called it a day. Oh, gosh, man. Um, no, so in the bottom line part, I think it was the uh, first thing was like muscle shark or something. <laughs> yeah. My buddies, much of my buddies from college uh, also read this, and they sent me pictures of muscle sharks for like months <laughs> straight leading up to the draft. Just That's kind of a you should have worn like shirts. You should have made like shirts that said "muscle shark" and like wore that. Uh, and kind of swaggy. <laughs> I know. I, I I had never heard that before. A muscle shark. Uh, so that that was that was something I had to live <laughs> had to live with for a few weeks there. <laughs> Damn, uh, I was just, I remember reading this at the time and I was just like, dude, fuck this guy. I hated this guy. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but it's like, he's literally just like, yeah, like he can't rush the passer and literally you're like the thing you've, you've been best at since you've been playing is rushing the passer. <laughs> so like he's pretty much completely wrong. On that note, I got to tip my hat to Tom Sula, best D-line coach in the business. Uh, hands down, uh, you know, he's. He's responsible for that uh, development. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Because oh, without him, you would have just been rumbling around the corner. Not yeah, even to get to the quarterback. Rumbling around. <laughs> shit. Just being you a know, muscle shark. <laughs> just, yeah. Just muscling people around. Just stuck in, with my roots in the ground. Shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So you did read that. We got we established that. So you read that. They were projecting you as like a mid-round pick. It's this is his this guy who he got this right, I guess, because he said rounds five or six. But did you have like any kind of chip on your shoulder? Like once you read that or saw any kind of scouting reports or feedback from any coaches or anything like that? My agent, uh, my agent had kind of clued me in onto where he had heard projections for me. So I knew that prior to that report coming out. Yeah, there's obviously like a chip on my shoulder, especially um, everyone always thinks they're going to they want to go higher than they do. Uh, but no, I mean, I think I, I appreciate having gone in the fifth round. Cause I do believe it's made me work harder to, you know, earn my spot every year. You know, nothing's, nothing's guaranteed. And, you know, you kind of just have to embrace 
the life of a fifth rounder. Um, so then you mentioned earlier that you got in, that you, then you went, got invited to the senior bowl. And I remember your stock was rising like crazy, like during the week of practice. Um, I remember like seeing tweets, like guys like showing the most like improvement or like making the biggest splash or whatever. And like a lot of the, the scouts there were talking about you. Like, so that was probably a big moment in getting looks. Like, did you, were you like excited for that? Like you felt like that was your time to shine? Like, was there a lot of pressure? Like, what was your, like, how were you feeling going into that? Like, did you feel good and confident? And like, what was that yeah. like? A lot, like the knock on like the Mac and the AAC and the Mountain West, all these other small conferences that they're small conferences. You don't get to play against Alabama or you don't get to play against Ohio State. You, you know, you're playing against other small schools, smaller players, slower players. So to get on a stage where you compete, can compete against those guys and show your value was an exciting opportunity for sure. So when I was when I had some success there at the Senior Bowl, um, it was really exciting. Uh, you know, I walked away from the senior bowl feeling really good about it. And, um, I think overall it helped out a lot in the long run. Yeah. Did you get any like actual feedback from people saying that it like helped your draft stock? Like, I don't even know how that works. Like, do you actually talk to like, do scouts and coaches kind of clue you in on like, Oh, you like you kind of helped your stock or like, do they even give you any of that info? Yeah. But that's about the extent of it. Yeah. Didn't, not going to go any further than, Hey, you did well, you're, you know, you did poorly and you, you know, you helped yourself or you hurt yourself. You know, they're not going to, no one's going to come out and hand you, you know, a number one Jersey, uh, at the draft. Cause you did <laughs> the senior bowl, but you yeah, know, do they like go into detail about like improving certain things or, Oh, like we're looking for you to improve on this or like, they don't give you that. Yeah. I mean, my, your agent, you know, here, like here's a hypothetical. Your agent could be in communication with various people around the league, and they'll say, "We want to see this out of your out of your client at the Senior Bowl. We want to see if he's capable of this." So you know, he may prep you. Like for me, if it's a uh, if it's a twist game, they want to see me not rumble around the corner, <laughs> or they want or they want like a seemingly adequate spin move, or something. <laughs> yeah, just go around, and just spin all over people, just like constantly spinning in circles. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really the extent of that. There's not, there's, you know, no one's coming up to you and saying, this is what we specifically want you to show us at the senior bowl, at least not for me. Yeah. Um, all right. And then, so you get drafted by the skins. I became the biggest skins fan in the world immediately, bought your mm. jerseys and stuff. And you start off, you're going through camp or whatever. Um, so how was camp like what like I feel like that's really stressful like I I got stressed in camp when I played division three college football at a very average school so I feel like playing camp in your rookie season on NFL team would be super stressful like I don't know if I would have been able to handle it at the time so did you feel like a lot of pressure from coaches or were you putting a lot of pressure on yourself like was it I feel like it's just high stress especially because you're not I feel like if you're a first or second round pick you kind of feel a little more comfortable because there's more invested in you but once you get to the mid to late you know rounds or you're an undrafted free agent you know there's not as much at stake for the team like there's not as much money invested in the guys yeah I mean there's definitely pressure from the coaches to do well and succeed but I'm always been I've always been a person that applies pressure to myself so I've been guilty of 
putting too much pressure on myself in the past and my rookie year in camp, I would definitely say that was one of those, that was one of those times. Um, so camp is pretty, camp is pretty brutal. People like a little insight for you. Like camp is like an all day thing. You're up at, you know, six or six thirty, and you're not going to bed until 10. But between that time you are doing something like meeting, walkthrough, practice, meeting, 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 lunch, meeting, meeting, like it's an all day event, you know, and you know, for whoever's unfamiliar with that, like that is exhausting to do for two, three, four weeks, not to mention the like pressure of succeeding in the preseason games, because that's, you know, that's where everyone sees you. Only one team sees you during camp, but the other 31 see you in the preseason games. Yeah, so if things don't work out, you know, you got something on tape for them. Right. But, but yeah, dude, I couldn't even, like, even just when I was playing, watching film for an hour is miserable. Like, I feel like at that level, you're watching so much film. I, I don't know how you even, fo- yeah. I couldn't focus when I did it. Yeah, it's rough. It's definitely rough it's, at times because, you know, like, it's funny. Like, we all kind of know when our bad plays are coming up. We oh, know that's what, the worst. You know, you know you're about to get shoot out. You're, like, waiting for it. You're, like, oh, God, it's, like, the next play. It's the next play. I hate that. That's exactly. the worst. You know, you know, was it a move the ball or team pass or something? You know what period is on. You know what play it was. You know where you were lined up. And the entire time, like, the play rolls and you just kind of dip your head. And you're just preparing for an ass chewing. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> that's actually the worst. Because you know it's coming. It's not, like, a surprise. You're, like, no, just yeah. waiting for it. <laughs> Um, so you make it through camp, um, but when the season starts, you're not on the active roster. They, I guess technically they cut you, right? And then you clear waivers and they put you on the practice squad. Yep. So at least waivers, but the practice squad. So Perfect. was there any like chance of you getting picked up by somebody else at that time or like you had no idea? Yeah. So the way it works is you get released and then you go on waivers. If you clear waivers, which I did, they put me on practice squad, right? So you can clear waivers and not be put on practice squad or clear waivers and be put on practice squad. And then once you're on practice squad, you have basically three options, get released, get elevated to the roster. I'm sorry, four options. You can stay on practice squad all year. You can get released. You can be elevated to the active roster or someone from another team can claim you. And when they claim you, you're guaranteed three games and accredited season. So, what happened to me was I was released, cleared waivers, put on put on the P squad. Two weeks later, we had an injury at the D line, and when they put the injured player on IR, they elevated me to the active. So I was on the active roster for 15 of the 17 weeks. And that was, I think, I went to that game. That was week three against the Giants at East Rutherford, right? Yeah, yeah, I went to that game. I was, I was sitting in the nosebleeds for that game. That's and, right. And if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure you were only on like the field goal unit. Yeah, I was on. I was the right tight end on field goal pro. Yeah, that, that's. What, I feel like that's all you played that whole game. I remember. Um, so, what was your thought process like? I mean, it was only two weeks, but it's got to be a little discouraging. You get put onto the practice squad. You know, you work all that time in camp. You're just talking about how tough it is. A lot of work, a lot of film, a lot of pressure. And then it kind of, you know, it's obviously a disappointment then. So, like, how did you feel for those two weeks? Like, was it kind of just a waiting game or did you feel like you had the ability to prove it? Like, because that kind of just an opportunity opened up for you. So did you feel like you were just kind of waiting for something like that to happen? Or did you feel like, you know, 
through how hard you worked or improving on certain things that you could just elevate it based on your performance? Yeah, I was definitely let down, but I took it as an opportunity to just get back to the grindstone. Uh, being on P-Squad, you have extra weeks during the lift, so I kind of just redoubled my efforts uh, where I could and trusted in God, and it ended up working out. Do you get any, like, outside of not being on the, like, game day roster, do you get treated any differently, like, by the team or by this, like, because, like, I know, like, if, like, for example, in college, like, if you're not on scholarship, like, I know you don't get, like, a lot of the things that the scholarship players do, but it's not like that if you're on the practice squad, right? No, I mean, you essentially just do everything the team does, but on game day, you don't play. Nice. And it's different. <laughs> Some P-Squad players at different teams don't have to go to the game. Some have to go and sit in the box and have to go and be on the sideline. Like, it just varies from where you are. But I remember um, when I was on P-Squad, both weekends I ended up coming back to New Jersey because I had something going on uh, with the family. So that's where I was for those two weeks when we were on P- when I was on P-Squad. Yeah. It's got to be nice to do all the work all week, and then you just don't get to do the game with the team, which is the whole point of all the work. Yeah, that part sure. That's yeah, that's gotta not be cool. But <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's fun. Although, I mean, I uh, practiced with my team and then barely got in the field. So it, at least you knew you were gay on the field. I always like, oh, maybe I'll play this week in college, and then like I never did. So that was very frustrating too. But being... yeah, I knew the results of my labors. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but then you got on the active roster, like we said, um, played a little bit, like not anything crazy. Like I don't think you're even in the rotation necessarily, right? Like in the D line rotation, you're kind of getting a lot of special. I remember me and, uh, justice went to your last game and remember you were on like kick return, but you were like the second to last guy. What was that move? I don't know if I ever asked you that. That's crazy to put a D lineman. It's like, the, like the first guy up from the return man. Yeah. So I was, I was playing a lot of special teams, uh, you know, scattered, scattered D line play here and there first and second down. Uh, but when it came to like KOR, I was on the wedge. Um, so I oh, put that yeah. year in my second year. Um, yeah, they wanted a big body back there. Uh, <laughs> I just remember me and Justice being like, because you didn't tell us, so you get on the field, we're like, dude, what is Matt doing out there? Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, why, why would they put him, put it, they kick it to him? <laughs> yeah, if that thing that, came that'd at me. That'd be nuts. Could you imagine if you house one? That'd be so sick. <laughs> well, if that thing came at me, I'm sidestepping it and I'm finding the next, I'm finding the next jersey to block because I'm not picking that thing up. Nah, oh, I would have been so pissed if someone kicked it to you and you didn't pick it up to run. I would have been, been actually mad at you if you did that. Plus, I'm, I'm 300 pounds. There's nothing exactly. but. Exactly. No one's going to take you down. There's nothing but 200-pound DBs on the field. Do you think they're going to hit me up high? you think they're going to try and obliterate my ankles? They're going to try, and you're going to run them over because you're rumbling down to the end zone. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just, just rumbling, rumbling all over the place. Spin moves in like it's mad. <laughs> yeah, you're going to spin move and just rumble right over them. Like, they have no chance. That's what I had planned. But, you know. <laughs> so that and then the next year you start to get – more into the rotation you're playing more i don't think you were starting then but you were playing a decent amount if i remember yeah. right yeah so i was starting on the sub package um and 
I would get some reps here and there at uh, at base. So we basically we were a, we're a three four team, but when we play sub, we switched to a four three front. Um, so did that for the entire year. Oh, you know what it, else I didn't ask? I forget when this was. Uh, sorry to cut you off. I don't forget when this was, like what year it was. But you started off playing nose, right? How happy are you that you're not playing nose and like bulking up to 320 pounds or something like that? Like, was that what they were, was, their plan was at first? That was my rookie year, yeah. And then Tom Sula got here and he was and he was like, you're going to play in now. Yes. But yeah, I didn't mind playing nose, but living at 320 pounds was was rough that extra 20 pounds man did not look good on my frame no dude yo all right so glad you said that so i feel comfortable saying it it went right to your gut man <laughs> like when you had to put on those extra like yeah like because now you're filled out like you're good but like well those extra pounds like yeah <laughs> it did <Yeah>. not <laughs> to go well but and then like i was mad like as your friend i was always get pissed because when you're a nose like for people that don't understand football you're just there to take up guys like for the most part you're not expected to be you know you're like part of the scheme, like trying to open things up for the guys behind you. At least I would assume I'm most yeah, more often than not. Generally, so. your nose is going to have the least amount of tackles in the season. Yeah. So obviously, as your friend, I was not happy about that. So I got to shout out to Tom Sula for fixing that because, and he obviously made the right decision because you've been kicking ass since you moved to end. So that shout was that was a, that was a smart move. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just like remember that. And I was like, damn, I remember when he was playing nose. I hated that. But yeah, you were like, and I don't just don't think you like, it was just too much weight for you to carry around. Like it kind of just like took away, like, cause your best thing is you like are able to just, you're just so much stronger than everyone. But I feel like when you put on that weight, it kind of like took away your like speed and reaction time. And you just yeah. like weren't as, you weren't as quick off the ball and weren't able to like drive guys like you do now. I just feel like playing at the way you're at now, is like way more comfortable. Yeah. I feel way better. I feel way better at this weight. Yeah. Um, okay. So then I forget what we were saying. So then you started playing more rotating in, uh, the next season and you were getting, you were getting to the quarterback a lot. If I remember too, I remember you're doing really well and then you got hurt. You hurt your hand or something, right? Yeah. I broke my hand in the Dallas game, the first Dallas game. Yeah. So I remember you gotten hurt a couple of times since you've been playing like how, and then you with the hand one, you ended up coming back a few weeks later with a club. I remember you just put the club on and started playing. Yeah. So I broke my hand, um, got surgery the next day or a couple of days later. And they ended up putting a plate and some screws in my hand to, cause the, it was a spiral fracture and it was broken in a few places. So they had to like put the bone back together and then they played it and screwed it in and then came back and I had a cast on. It was like a club for, I want to say like three or four games. My trainer was just fed up with me because I wanted a new cast pretty much every day because they were cutting it off and putting it back on, which is the right way to do it. But I was just so OCD about it. I just wanted a new cast every day. So they ended up doing that for me. God bless them. I <laughs> exhausted his cast supplies. Dude, but that's got to be so shitty playing with... The, I mean, like, you can get away with it at your position, I guess, but that still kind of screws you over. Like, and it's just got to be annoying. Like, it's it hurts, I would assume. Like, it's just uncomfortable. It, you know, pain, the pain's not bad. They've got some pretty cool stuff now that they can make casts out of and they can pad the inside of them. Um, stuff that's, like, high-density foam that's going to, like, brace for contact. But it's just... It is annoying not having your fingers. I mean, yeah. you, can, you can play a block, but you can't shed a block. Right. You know, like... You're at their mercy. Like, 
And they know that too. They're like, this guy's got a cast on. Like he can't, like they already know like you are, it's like if you have like a leg injury, but you can't see it, it's like one thing, but they clearly see like this guy can't use his hand. <laughs> so yeah. that's I was just hoping they were all afraid of getting hit with that club, but it turns out they weren't. <laughs> can you just whack them? Can you just whack people with it? Is there like a, no, nah, you can't. Deacon Jones head up someone with a club. Plus they, they make you pat it. And the refs will come in, check with the trainer who has a cast on, who's got something like that that we need to look at. And then they pat it and make sure it's all, you know, you're not going to hurt someone else with it. I don't know. You're kind of at a disadvantage. They should let you just be like, you know what? Free for all. Just swing on people. You're the one with right. the broken hand. So like, why not? Got to help you maybe, out a little bit. Maybe Lucille and <laughs> wrap some barbed wire around it. <laughs> yeah. Why not? It's, it's football, man. Just let them go after it. Um, that was a Walking Dead reference. If you didn't, if you didn't catch that I, one, I, I, I assumed I assumed it was from a show. Yeah, I don't watch TV. I assumed it was from a show, and I assumed other people would understand it. So I was just going to pretend I knew. But thank you for yeah, calling I appreciate me out the on that. One. <laughs> but thank you for calling me out. But yes, I don't watch any TV except for Breaking Bad. So only show. Breaking Bad and Throwback, uh, Breaking Bad, Silicon Valley, and Throwback to Twenty Four. If you ever watched that when you were younger, that, I didn't. But that they show was fire. The Breaking Bad movie. Yeah, Breaking Breaking Bad, great show. Only show I've ever watched, like, all seasons. I haven't even... This is messed up, and I've been talking about this with someone recently. I haven't even watched The Sopranos. How messed up is that? I know. And you claim to be this, like, hardcore Italian. Right? As a, as a Guido, that is very, very messed up to not what watch The Sopranos. I don't know. My grandfather actually would... He always hated... I would always make jokes and be like, ask if we have family in the mafia, and he'd get pissed at me when I said that. So maybe he's happy that I'd never watch that. But, yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed in myself, and I need to get on that so i need to start watching that soon that's my next show um was that odin or was that uh that was, was, odin. That was odin yep o- odin's the saint bernard because i don't odin's know the bernard name. The lab. is he crazy no he's giant breeds all the ones i've been around are always super calm i mean he's he's been awesome so far uh training this is in the house a little bit more <laughs> more than i'd like but every, every puppy's gonna do that though you can't avoid that I know, but no, he's been, he's been awesome. He's food motivated. So it helps like teaching him like, you know, sit and stay. And but Kate's, a, do- Kate's a dog trainer, right? So is she just training him. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like she might be doing something with him downstairs right now, but I had prepared for this call. So I locked him in the basement. Oh, that's messed up for you. Can let, let him in on the call. I want to talk to him too. I've never, <laughs> I've never met him yet. So, um, I told him, so he's excited. <laughs> All right. Remember what else I wanted to ask? Oh, so, all right. So pretty much this whole time I've talked about, you know, the guy giving you, uh, me doubting you at first in high school, then the guy giving you a ter- uh, bad uh, scouting, saying you were just a muscle shark and nothing more. Uh, you got put on the practice squad. So I got all like the adverse that you getting hurt, hurting your hand. Um, but now since then, uh, you've been doing pretty, you've been doing pretty well is kind of an understatement so you've been getting the quarterback a lot uh you missed a few games this year but if you didn't i assume you would have been double digit sacks I, I feel very confident saying that you were on a you were on a tear for a while so after the season and i could say i would ask if you read these things but i know you read them because probably half of them i sent to you and say like oh did you see this so i know you read <laughs> you read some of them so you can't lie um uh you know a lot of People now are start, finally starting to take notice, and like I think I remember I read an ESPN article talking about how like it was like oh people that leveled up the most on each team, and, and they listed you as like the only guy in the skins, um, like rising stars, and 
like some media guy, like Pro Football Focus always has, who does like all like crazy stats for people that don't know. They always have you ranked very high in terms of pass rush efficiency. Although part of that's because you're rotating and you should be playing every snap. So tell Tom Sula to level that up to the head coaches so they know that you need to be there on the field every play. Um, numbers don't lie. Um, so has that kind of affected you now? Like you're getting a lot more praise and recognition and people are really starting to take notice. So like kind of everything we talked about up until this point, it's a lot of people kind of doubting you or some more negative stuff. Now you're getting to see a little more positivity and, you know, people kind of taking notice. Does that, is it kind of tough then? Like, do you feel like it kind of gets to your head at all? Or do you think, you know, you maybe like you not that you do but like you feel like you might start to take your foot off the gas in any way like because i feel like for me that's how i would be i'd be like oh yeah, yeah I'm, the, I'm the man now like and i just <laughs> i would start like kind of not working as hard there's there's like a human nature factor that like when someone compliments you you kind of take your foot off the gas so unpopular opinion i really try not to listen to the media even if it's coming from you <laughs> <laughs> so you had a great year. Uh, this is your last year on your rookie deal. So I'm not going to get into too much detail, but I feel like for most guys playing, that's a lot of pressure because, I mean, you know, NFL deals aren't guaranteed. You know, it's like an important year in terms of what your next contract is, trying to prove, hey, like, you know, I'm someone you want to keep. I'm someone, you know, you should be investing in. So going into this year, obviously you're going to have 20 sacks and lead the league in sacks, Pro Bowl, first team All Pro. Obviously. Like that's a guarantee. I'm 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 guaranteeing that. But do you feel at all like, okay, I really got to step my game up, or is it just business as usual? Like, you know, the results from the last few years speak for themselves. Like I know I'm getting, I know I'm just going to keep leveling up. You know, every, each year. <laughs> Oh, where did that phrase even come from? Leveling up. It was in that. It was in that ESPN article. They're like every like top guy on each team that leveled up, and it was like leveled up the most. And it was you, where the it was the Redskins guy. So I'm going to say le- Matt's just leveling up every year. That's what I'm going to say for this whole interview now. I know there's there's no appeal to this man, but I'm going to just keep doing what I've been doing. It's been working. I've had success with it. I've got people around me who are working just as hard as I am towards the common goal. So. I'm going to stay on this path. I'm not going to go out and do anything special or anything fancy or, you know, hire a, you know, jujitsu coach to (laughs) be hand fighting. I just, I'm going to stick to stay in the weight room, get my conditioning in. And, you know, the way I see it, you can't really get that much better at football until you're playing football, you know, like just pay more close attention to things during practice but i don't i'm not going to do anything extravagant during uh during the off season just keep, level. just keep eating qbs once the game start <laughs> who's your who's been your favorite qb that you've sacked so far favorite how like the highest like notoriety quarterback or just like, like the like after you got him you were like mm, like a god i'm like what was like the best one that like made you feel the best i'll tell you what man it was it's probably my favorite sack just because it's so true what they say about him. Andrew Luck is just the nicest guy. <laughs> I got him, and he was just like, hey, good hit, man. That was a real good hit. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, you really do say that after every sack. Because you see the clips on YouTube where he's like, he gets sacked, and he's like, that was a good hit. That was a good play. Yeah, you think he's just doing it when he's mic'd up. But... 
And you always think like, that can't be real. Like this guy can't be that nice. And he is, he really is. We got him. He's like, Hey, good, good hit nine eight. <laughs> I was like, Oh damn. <laughs> My favorite. And I think it was your now teammate, Alex Smith was when you sacked him in Kansas city, your second year, I think it was him. And you've like, you're an arrowhead and you like shush the crowd. That was my favorite. Cause I was like, that was like the most badass, like just, I don't know, celebration after the sack ever. Yeah. Someone was asking about, someone asked the same question the other day and I brought up Alex Smith too. And he's an awesome freaking guy. Um, and I brought it up to him one time just in conversation. He was like, Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. That's a good job. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that moment was bigger for me than it was. For you. <laughs> Um, and who's the one guy you want to sack the most that you haven't yet? Uh, shoot, man. I don't know. I mean, for the record books, it's got to be Tom, right? Yeah, it's got to be Tom. Are you going to play Tom, though? Are you play Tom this year? Yeah, I think that's the division we play this year. Jets, Buffalo, uh, Patriots, and Miami. I think we, I think that's the AFC division we play. Let's go, dude. Tom's going down. You're gonna you're gonna be the, the beginning of Tom's demise is gonna be when you eat him alive. You didn't say that I did, so no one take that. Oh man. I don't know. He might ne- he might never stop playing. He's gonna play forever. Forever. Yeah, he literally's gonna play until he's like sixty. Because <laughs> he's even he's even mo- he right, dude, he doesn't even move, but it doesn't matter. Like so if he doesn't have to move and he's still effective, like he can just play forever. That's <laughs> crazy. That guy's playing for bragging rights at this point. Yeah, really. Um, hmm. I don't know. What else? I feel like I have all dumb questions. I had Tom Sula questions, but we pretty much like just kissed his ass the entire interview, just how great he is. So I don't want to ask anything more about him. Um, who's the biggest clown on the D-line? Uh, probably Tim Settle. Tim Settle, yeah. Funnier than anyone on the team. Probably Tim Settle, yeah. But didn't... So, uh, you always do the, are you going to keep doing the floss when you get sacks this year? Are you going to switch it up? You know, I don't keep saying that. That might be like a, if I get like a two sack game, I'll bring that out in the second sack. But you need That's like kinda, a, you need like a thing. I know. Kerrigan's got that thing, right? He does the, uh, yeah, the flex thing is savage. He looks I know. Sick. I know. I got to come up with something, but it's not really my forte. So I don't. I don't know where that's going to take me next year. Yeah, you got you to gotta think of something to do. But I was going to say, Jonathan Allen's the one who kind of like dared you to do it, right? The yeah, he said, yeah, it was, I think it was like late in, it was like late last year. Um, maybe it was like in the spring leading into this past season, but he had dared me to do it. So it was, it was against, we played the Patriots this year in preseason. Tom wasn't playing, um, but I got one there. And I broke it out and I remember just Twitter and Instagram just lighting up after that. I was like, I don't want to do that again for a while. <laughs> but then you did it. <laughs> but then I did it again. Yeah, we, uh, we played the Giants and I had two and a half that game and I did it on the second one. Yeah. That was a game we were at too, right? Yeah. That that. Yeah, that was. That's right. Uh, were you, speaking of that, so were you embarrassed when me and Justice were on the sidelines for pregame and justice was just like screaming like matt matt dude i was so embarrassed he was there were like a five-year-old kid next to us who was just acting like oh this is so cool and justice was screaming like a child like screaming at norman like whatever the coastal thing is i expect that at at orion did did you hear did you hear us though because you weren't looking at us 
I, yeah. Here's, here's a little inside secret. You can hear everything, man. When you're yeah. on the inside of that fishbowl, you can hear everything. We just pretend that we can't. Yeah, I knew you could hear us, but like I, I wouldn't have paid attention either because Justice was being so embarrassing. <laughs> he, just, yeah. he, was, he was so excited. Like, dude, at least pretend you've been, like, you belong here. <laughs> I know. Act like you've been here before, Ryan. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> He's going to be mad when he hears us that we're just dumping on him. Uh, <laughs> um what else oh other random question we're almost done don't worry i'm taking up all your time so i saw you gave a, a kid uh like tickets to the super bowl why'd you give there was I, i'm not making fun of him there was like no background to this story like was the kid sick like i'm gen i genuinely want to know like did the kid just win a contest no that all kind of gotten taken out of a out of context, the Redskins gave him the tickets. Well, that's what they, I thought. I assumed the Redskins gave him the tickets, but and they had me film the like delivery video. But um, now I mean, I think the kid. I think it was for season ticket holders. I think they had gotcha. selected a random season ticket holder. Um, but no, I mean, as far as I know, the kid was happy and healthy yeah i just thought that we, cause there was no context to the video it was just like look at this video of matt ionitis giving a kid super bowl tickets i was like well did he buy them did the team get him like is did the kid win a con like there's like it was just oh look how cute cool this is i was like oh. yeah best guess i think it was for i think it was just for season ticket holders but yeah. honestly don't quote me because i don't know yeah i don't know i just wanted to ask that because i was just i was so confused on watching because i was like oh my god look how nice this is of matt and i was like well, I, there's like nothing to this video. It's just Matt saying, "Hey, man, like here's your tickets." That's <laughs> like that was the whole video. It's like, oh, what is this? Yeah, just just rumbling onto the screen. Hey, here's your <laughs> <Just>, tickets. <laughs> then you spun out of off the camera. Spin out of frame. <laughs> I think the guy said you were you're better at spinning left than right. So you spun left. You can't spin right. You don't know how to do that. Uh, yeah, I'm Zoolander. <laughs> I have seen that. Um, all right, so I'm so. I'm currently interviewing you first because I need hella clout for my new podcast. Do you feel like other people are trying to have you noticed that other people trying to like take advantage of you now being an NFL superstar? Do you feel like ever feel like some people you knew from high school or college, like you weren't really that close with now all of a sudden they want to be your buddy. Do you feel like you start to get that? I feel like that's pretty normal, but no, everyone's been, everyone's actually been super cool about it. No one's really, so, so it's just me clout chasing for my podcast, and that's about it. Yeah, but I'm happy to do it. <laughs> happy to do it. <laughs> All right, good because I need. Hey, the I, try and, I try and repost your stuff as much as I can, though. That's true. Yeah, you are. You're you're holding it down. You're holding it down for the wolves. The, 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 I think top though that I'm waiting on. Dude, I don't have ones big enough. I think you could fit in XL though. I need to. And I'm going to the Bahamas next week. And I need a tank top for the Bahamas. Don't me just send you an XL and just see, and if it doesn't fit, just keep it. Like I don't care. <laughs> and if it doesn't, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a hat too. I'll send you a hat and a tank top. If it doesn't fit, does it fit? I think it could fit. They're big. I'll send you one. I'll pack one up after this. Um. All right. So that's pretty much everything I got. I think I got all the points I want to make. So I guess thanks for taking the time to be my first interview. This is for sure going to be the worst interview from my end that I ever did, although I think it actually went pretty well for my first time. So not to pat myself on the back or anything, but that was all me guiding you towards the right answer. So you're welcome for making you look, uh, making you look great on this interview. Yeah. Touch it up, edit it, throw some, uh, some sound clips in there if you need to and make yeah. me sound smart. <laughs> Just <laughs> please make me sound smart. All right. <laughs> uh, so Matt, thank you for the interview. Thank you for your time. Good luck eating more QBs. And I will see you when you get me Super Bowl tickets this year. 
And yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Looking forward to, uh, to hearing this when it comes out. All right, man. I'll see you. See you, buddy. All right. One last thing I got to say. So me and Matt recorded that interview back probably mid-February. We're now over two months since then. A lot has happened since then. Namely, that my man just signed a massive new three-year contract. Dude worked his ass off. Went through all that stuff. You know, all the struggles he had, like trying to push himself. And he's gone through injuries. You know, people doubted him. I even said I was... You know, one of them rooting for him, but wasn't really sure it would work out. He just kept his head down, kept working, and it's paid off. And he's not even satisfied. Dude's not even like, oh, like, cool, like, I made it. He's still working just as hard, business as usual, nothing's changed. That's the way it's supposed to go. I almost got brought to tears when I saw the Ian Rappaport's tweet. Well, I was hyped. I was, like, I was at work, and I was... Like beating my chest, standing up. I couldn't get work done. And then I read, uh, I think the blog is Hogshaven. It's a Redskins blog. Article starts. Redskins got a big win today and are extending underrated defense line Matt Ioannidis, three-year deal. The former fifth-round pick went from being cut and placed on the practice squad his rookie year to being one of the best penetrating defensive linemen in the league. Literally almost brought me to tears. That's That's beautiful. Fifth round pick, cut, practice squad, one of the best penetrating defensive linemen in the league. Shit's so beautiful. Gets me hyped. All right. That's it. Skins going to the Super Bowl. Lock it in.